Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. We have considered thus far what fruit is. We've also considered the words love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. We've completed verse 22. We move on to verse number 25. And my mind, um, obviously, I think maybe yours as well, uh, not questioning the Scripture writing, of course, uh, but maybe the verse division here. I'm not exactly sure why they felt the need to separate verse 22 uh, with verse number 23. But uh, they did nonetheless. And we pick up in verse 23 with the word meekness. Now, as we have considered these words, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, we have seen in, with each word how they tie together to make one piece of fruit. And how that when you look at how these build and how they work together uh, for this, by the time we get to the word meekness, uh, we will see how uh, these words kind of flow together within this. But let's pray uh, this evening, and we'll jump right into here. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much again for your goodness. God, we thank you for this fruit that you have bestowed upon us. And Father, we understand the prerequisite to this fruit is to be walking in your Spirit. Father, that is our desire. We know that within the walking of your Spirit, uh, the fruit will develop and the fruit will grow and come out of our lives. But Father, we also know that fruit takes time to develop. And so Father, my prayer tonight is that uh, we, we know that it's not going to just be within a matter of weeks uh, but Father, we know that it's going to take a lifetime of walking in Your Spirit for this fruit to develop and this fruit to be on display in our lives. And so God, I ask tonight that You would, along with uh, these displays of fruit in our lives, that You would give us a, a patience uh, to go along with the waiting and the longing for this fruit. Father, if there is any a bit of miracle grow or fertilizer that we can put on it, uh, God, that you would allow us uh, to see this fruit developed in our lives in a quick manner, uh, in a manner that would be profitable, uh, not for us, but for the glorious gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we continue to go through this, that you would use it in our lives to further your kingdom. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, so as we have each week here, as we've considered the fruit of the Spirit, we begin uh, with the same point every week as we consider first its definition. Its definition. That's not going to be any different this week than it has been in the previous weeks. And so let's look at the definition of the word meekness. The word meekness. Now within this, uh, Webster gives us uh, two entries that really kind of go hand in hand as we consider 
this word meekness tonight. Now, as we consider the word meekness and explore its definition, we must also tie in uh, how it goes with these other uh, pieces of the fruit. As we've considered the four, the first four parts of love, joy, peace, and long-suffering as being an eternal work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In these things of the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering are pieces that cannot be seen uh, from an external eye. They are internal parts of the fruit. However, that of gentleness and goodness, faith and meekness would be external components, meaning those are things that can be seen or are visible to the eye of those that are watching or interacting with us. And so consider that as we look at this definition tonight and consider while Webster says that the meekness is a softness of temper. A softness of temper is the first entry, and a mildness or gentleness or forbearance under injuries. It's interesting to note that within this, all of this, a softness of temper, a mildness, gentleness, forbearance under injury. So if we were to uh, describe this tonight, we would look at this in a uh, from a perspective of what is happening within our lives. Now we know the context of Galatians chapter 5. We've looked at this as well multiple times as we've been exploring this fruit of the Spirit. And we go back to verse number 13. For the Bible says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One of the reasons I continue to come back to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 through 16 is because I want to remind you that the fruit of the Spirit is not for your personal consumption. It is to be used in connection with other people in your life. And not always in connection with uh, the peaceful times. I mean, look, when someone is being compliant and someone is being kind to you, it's easy to be kind to them, is it not? When people are being loving to you, it's easy to give love back. When others are being peaceable with you, it's easy to give peace back. But what about when people are being contrary? What about when people are being rude or unkind? or unloving, or not nice. It's not as easy to stay in the Spirit, is it? No, it's easy to bite and devour. It's easy to be consumed one of another. It's easy, maybe we could even say, it is natural to get in the flesh and to respond in a fleshly way. It's easy to do that. But 
The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness. In that, a softness of temper, a mildness, a gentleness, forbearance, all of those, check this out, the softness of temper, the mildness, the gentleness, the forbearance, all of those are all while enduring or taking in an injury. An injury. Now we know in an injury, there is usually a response. A response. I mean, if someone were to uh, walk in tonight, and walking in, they were to take a stumble and a fall, we would all stop usually and say, oh my goodness, are you okay? Are you okay? We may even go as far as to say, are you injured? Now, some of that would also depend on who it is that is falling or who has fallen. We would want to check on that injury. And usually our response is, I'm okay. I'm okay. I remember one time I went skiing. It was the first time I'd ever gone skiing before in my life, and I was having a blast, and uh, I started out on the bunny hill. And on the bunny hill, that's where everybody starts, all the new beginners. We, we started off, and we went up the little hill, and we got our skis, and the person told us, they said, okay, if you want to go, uh, how, this is how it works. If you go in, and if you just want to slow down, you turn your skis inward like this. And I thought, well, that's easy enough. And so we went down the hill a couple of times, and we turned our skis in, and we slowed down, and it was pretty easy. And so being, you know, 13, 14 years old, we decided, all right, let's go. So we got on the little ski lift and went up the mountain, and uh, we started going down. We started off with the smallest of the, uh, I think there were three different sizes of slopes there that day. And we went down the first one, and man, there's nothing like being on two skis and going down a mountainside uh, at the speed of light. At least that's what you think you're going. And uh, I will tell you, the, the more that I turned my skis in, the more it, I did not slow down. And now I will tell you, you can turn your skis in, but if you're going right towards someone, it doesn't matter how much you turn in, you're going to run into them. And so what I learned to do on that particular day is I found that if I would simply just turn really fast sideways, I could slide down the hill and eventually come to a stop. So that worked. We went on that day, we stopped and got hot chocolate, we went back on the slopes, and we're almost time to leave. We finally decided, let's go to the top. We went to the top, and we're going down. And I remember going with my buddy, and we're having a great time. And what happens on this, on where we were in this particular location, all three of the slopes eventually come together to the end. And this particular one, on the highest one, you come around a little curve, and here I was, I was coming around a little curve, and I, I mean, I was booking it, man. I tried turning my skis in, it wouldn't work. I saw some people gathered down there, and I remember saying, all right, here we go. And I turned sideways, and I started skidding down, and all of the sudden, I don't know what I hit, but I, a what? A mogul, I don't know what that is, but uh, other than a rap star, but um, 
I think they called them moguls, but no, it wasn't one of those. But uh, I, I hit something, and all of a sudden, I went from going sideways like this to coming up in the air, doing a little turn like this, and falling on my shoulder is what hit first. My skis, one went this way, one went that way. The people standing in the group, they're turned around now. Everyone is looking at me. And the question was asked, man, are you all right? And I got up really fast and I said, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so I got up and I walked over, you know, in my little snow boots and walked over and picked this ski up over here and walked over to this one and reached down to pick this one up. And as soon as I grabbed it, I could feel it. And it wasn't good. Now I'm laughing a little bit, but I realized I had no grip or no strength in this hand or this arm whatsoever, and I was injured. And I thought, ooh, that hurts. And so I reached over and grabbed it with this arm and walked over, carried my skis. I was done for the day, ended up going home and uh, told my mom what happened. And I couldn't lift anything with this arm, couldn't do anything. She said, we probably need to take you in. Uh, went in, ended up, I broke my collarbone. Yeah, I could show you how it didn't heal right and all of that, but uh, that's for another day, another time. Uh, but an injury, an injury nonetheless. Now, at first I thought, I'm okay. But you notice when an injury happens, whether it's an arm, a shoulder, it's all connected, you reach down and you try to pick up and there's no strength there. There's pain there. If it's an ankle injury, you, you kind of hobble around. I've had a few of those uh, in my life. But injuries change how you respond. Unless, when we're dealing not with physical injuries, but with spiritual or even emotional injuries, what changes our response as Christians is whether or not we have been walking in the Spirit. You see, within this, it's one thing when we get injured, we say, ouch! We respond. We say things like, that hurt! But when we're dealing with this idea of meekness, there is a softness of temper. There's a mildness and a gentleness and a forbearance all while under an injury. The second part of this definition that Webster gives, he says that meekness is a humility. Humility. And a submission to the divine will. Submission to the divine will. That, what that means, in my opinion, is that when we get injured, whether emotionally or we could even say spiritually, it is under God's divine will. He allowed it to happen. He allowed it to come into our life, and we must submit to that divine will with humility, with a softness of temper, forbearance under the injury. And this is what he says. Without murmuring. Without murmuring. 
Now that murmur is a complaint that is half-suppressed. That complaint that, you know, we, we want someone to hear, but at the same time, we don't want someone to hear. It's, you know, it's half-muttered. It's under the breath. It's just, it's just okay. If you hear it, you hear it, but if you don't, it's, it's okay. A murmur. But he goes on in, a, in that with a murmuring, or he uses the word peevish. It's an older word we don't use each and every day, but that just means to be at discontent or hard to please. Sometimes we can get hard to please, can't we? When we're injured. Well, that's just not what I was wanting. That's not what I wanted. It's not how I wanted it or when I wanted it. And now I'm simply hard to please. But what he says is, with meekness, we've had this injury and this event has taken place and this event has happened. But with meekness, I'm going to have a soft temper towards it. I'm going to have some humility towards it as submitting to the divine will without murmuring and without discontent without being hard to please, as opposed, he goes on to say, opposed to pride or arrogance. You see, we get prideful, we get puffed up. And in our pride, we say things like this. No one is going to talk to me like that. No one's going to treat me that way. I won't stand for that. Meekness says, okay. Meekness says, without pride, without arrogance, without complaint, under an injury, okay, in a soft temper. Not to say that the action is okay. Not to say that the treatment is okay. But it's how we respond within it. And when you put on top of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith, meekness is what comes next. Meekness is how we respond within this. Mr. Webster said that meekness is a grace. This is just a simple quote. Meekness is a grace which Jesus alone inculcated, and which no ancient philosopher seems to have understood or recommended. He said, Jesus is the one that displays the true meaning of meekness. As he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That was in his meekness that he responded under injury. 
under being beaten with the cat of nine tails. With his robes scourged and a crown of thorns placed upon his head. With nails driven in his hands and his feet. He wasn't injured both physically and spiritually. As those that he created rejected him. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Meekness on display. I say to you and submit to you not just about its definition of meekness. But I want to look at its discipline in our lives. It's discipline in our lives. Now, in order to get to this realm of meekness in the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith are required. This is not an easy response. But in its discipline with, with in connection with all of these other pieces of the fruit and other parts of the fruit of the Spirit, its discipline causes some things in our life. I see first off that meekness causes a particular response. Again, someone says something or does something wrong. Our flesh wants to say and respond, and saying, not, nope, you're not going to do that to me, brother. Oh, I don't think so. Uh-uh. Not today. No, you see, meekness causes a particular response. And in this particular response, it is a discipline that the Holy Spirit has placed within us and also causes a prudent response. That is a response that is cautious or discerning. How am I going to respond? What is the particular response or a prudent response in this situation? Meekness causes a pleasant response. Again, a softness of temper. A mildness gentleness, a forbearance, a humility, without complaint, without discontent, not prideful. You see, within the response that we have, it's a particular response, it's a prudent response, it's a pleasant response. It's not one that shows you just put up with, or you just simply say, well, that's okay. No, it's a planned response. It's a response of simply saying, hey, brother, sister, the way you're speaking to me doesn't fit well. It doesn't go well. I simply don't appreciate You see, a softness of temper. There's a difference again. You're not going to speak to me that way. Bless God. We can be as spiritual as we want to be, 
in saying things like that. But sometimes it's simply how we're saying the disposition in which we're speaking. Meekness doesn't respond to that. Meekness simply stands up for, not in a complaining way. Sometimes we may even say something to the effect of, you know, what is, what maybe what have I done to cause you to speak this way to me? You see, the scripture still says a soft answer turneth away wrath. Does it not? And there is a discipline of meekness in our lives that causes this particular, this prudent, this pleasant, planned response. But I want you to see number three, its defense of our lives. So we see the discipline in our lives. We see its definition. But let's see its defense of our lives. You see, where the Scripture says, Brethren, you've been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. You see, biting breeds more biting, doesn't it? You know what I mean by that. The idea that if you bite me, I'm going to bite you. And if I bite you, you're going to bite me. You've probably experienced in your life the fact that yelling breeds yelling. In most cases. Especially if it's someone who's not a subordinate. Sometimes in a subordinate, it doesn't always breed that. It breeds discontent and other things. But if it's someone who's considered an equal, maybe take siblings, for example. If a sibling yells at a sibling, what is the most likely response? Somebody tell me. Yelling. Because you yelled at me. And so I'm going to yell at you. Why? Because you're not going to talk to me like that. And yelling breeds yelling. Biting breeds more biting. But love breeds joy. And love and joy breeds peace. And love, joy, and peace breeds long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness. When we breed meekness into unpleasant and unfortunate situations, it breeds temperance. Temperance, which we'll look at next week. But you see, a soft answer turneth away wrath. What's required there is meekness. The only way we get to meekness is to go through what we just said, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And in order to get to temperance, you've got to walk in the Spirit and endure in the Spirit. 
the injuries that come our way. You see, we have the option to bite back. Don't forget this. We do have the option to bite back at one another. And we have the option of yelling back. We have the option of devouring one another. What we also have to understand is that option, well, that comes with the flesh. But if we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to live in the Spirit, we ought to also walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit will then grow in our lives. This is what will be produced. Again, if biting, someone bites at you and you bite back, first thing we ought to think about, we're not walking in the Spirit. We ought to be more convicted by the fact that we bit back than the fact that we were bit. That ought to bother us even more. That ought to convict us. Because again, if we live in the Spirit, as it says in verse 25, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying. Rather, let us walk in spirit meekness. Responding with a soft temper, with a humility, submitting to the divine will of God. May it be disciplined into our lives. That our response would be one that is particular and prudent and pleasant and planned. That this would defend for us. The fruit of the Spirit is our defense for others. Not from or not to. But it's our defense for others. That we might walk in the Spirit. Every head bowed, every eye closed.